Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. All right. So please join me in welcoming the Miller Paul Group leader, <laughs> Andrew Hudson. I, I know. Thank you. I almost. I almost wore that same shirt, too. That would have been weird. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, it's good to get a chance to share with you. Welcome again, those online. I'm really excited um, to see what God does tonight. I'm also excited that today we get an extra hour of sleep, right? This is like, it's like my favorite day of the year, right? <laughs> I remember when my kids were really little, like, uh, and they're still pretty little, but when they were really little, like, it was always the most frustrating day of the year because they don't understand that they're supposed to sleep in an extra hour, right? It's like they come in at six in the morning. You're like, I'm awake. And I'm like, no, it's, you need to go back to bed. No, I'm awake. Uh, no, thank, thankfully now though, they get it. Um, now we, we've been uh, in this series, we've been calling Chasing After the Wind for a number of weeks now. Uh, we've been going through the book of Ecclesiastes, which is found in the Old Testament section of the book. And to be honest, it's a book that a lot of people don't want to touch with like a 10-foot pole. Like it is, uh, it, it can seem so pessimistic. It can seem so hopeless. It can seem confusing. I, one friend, uh, I know their, group, their small group is going through Ecclesiastes kind of as we've been going through it. And, you know, we were talking and they said, yeah, that every week they get together and say, oh yeah, Ecclesiastes, it's the book that, you know, where uh, life stinks and then you die. Right, that's how they kind of sum it up. And, uh, and, but, but in reality, I've heard so many comments from, from many of you saying how helpful this book has been, how, how good this series has been, how if you are a newer Christian, how, how practical and, and good it's been. If you've been a Christian for a long time, how for the first time you're reading this book and it's, it's like making sense and it fits, you're realizing like, oh, it does fit in with the rest of, of scripture. And so... Um, we've talked about how this, the, the book of Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature, meaning that after you read it, you should hopefully be a little bit wiser. Uh, and I think that's been true. I think that's been true. I think it's been, it's given us a healthy, wiser maybe perspective on the brevity of life, how life is like a vapor. Um, it's given us a wise perspective on how to think about things like work, success, knowledge, uh, money, and a, and a whole lot more. And the teacher of Ecclesiastes, who's been sharing his wisdom, has talked about what to do in this situation or what to do in that situation. But what about when we don't know what to do? What about that? What about when we, we don't know the next step to take or we don't know what we should do the next time or what's gonna happen? What do we do then? What do we do when we don't know? I remember when I was like a, a little boy, maybe like around age six or seven, you know, I would look up to my dad and I would think to my, about my dad, man, he's so smart. He knows everything, right? He knows everything. He knows how to like uh, do those tough like math problems. And like, I could never remember to borrow, you know, <laughs> like how did I do this? He knew how to like get my little Lego guy's arms back on, right? You know, that always seems to kind of like, well, if he, I just felt like I could look up my dad and I think, man, I can't wait till I'm old like my dad, like 30, right? You remember when you, like 30 used to seem old, right? Uh, 
And, and like, then I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know everything, right? And then you grow up and you realize that's not true at all. And, I'm, and I know my dad would admit that most of the time he didn't know what he was doing hardly all the, any time, right? It was, he was like, I'm just kind of figuring this out as I go. Like, I, I feel like that all the time. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to raise my kid in this situation. Right? I don't know how to parent this. I don't know, you know, am I going to, if I'm going to regret this purchase, you know, in a couple, in a week, in a month, in an hour, right? I, I don't know, should I like look for a different job or just keep dealing with my bosses nagging all the time? Like, I don't, just hypothetical, just hypothetical, right? Uh, I'm just talking to the people, Mike. I'm just talking to the people. Just, yeah. Bill's like, amen, brother, amen. Uh, but, but the reality is, is there are so many things that, that I'm never going to know, right? That I'm never going to understand. There are so many things I'm never gonna be able to predict or, or plan for, and that's okay. That's okay because... That's part of being human, right? That's part of our, our human experience. The passage that we're gonna talk about today in Ecclesiastes talks about this exact thing. And that's why I'm calling today's talk. Uh, what do we do when we don't know what to do? All right, we're gonna be looking at Ecclesiastes 11, chapter 11, verses one through six. Uh, we'll throw the verses up on the screen, but if you have a Bible or an app, you can follow along as well. Verses one through six, it says this. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Now, uh, at first... You know, you may look at this passage and think, well, that's a bit random. Shipping things and investing and babies and, you know, looking at the clouds, like what does all this have to do with anything? And how does this all, this just seems so, so random, but it's, it's actually not random. The teacher here is giving different examples all related to the same topic. And anytime we come upon a confusing part of scripture, or you know, a part that seems difficult to interpret, one helpful strategy is always to look for repeated phrases. Look for things that are like themes that are getting repeated over and over again. And, I, and you probably noticed it, but I had a couple phrases underlined multiple times. Uh, the phrase, you do not know, occurs three times in just these six verses. And in fact, in verse five, you could argue it's almost repeated a fourth time when it says, you cannot understand. It's actually the same words in the original Hebrew as you do not know in verse two. So, so this, this idea of you do not know is repeated over and over and over again. I think it's very interesting that for almost the first 10 chapters of Ecclesiastes, for almost the whole time, the, the teacher is on this journey. 
He's on this journey to discover what he does know to be true. What he does know to be true. He's on this search for meaning of life and pursuing things like wisdom, achievement, pleasure, uh, everything under the sun. And for 10 chapters, he's been sharing what he's learned, what he knows to be true. But now, as he gets towards the end, as we get close to wrapping up the whole book, as we're getting closer to the end of that, he's going to talk about what he doesn't know, what no human being can know. So let's look at what he says in these verses. Number one, first thing he doesn't know, you don't know the future. He says, you don't know the future. Verse one, ship your grain across the sea, and after many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. You don't know what disaster might happen in the future. As much as you might pay attention to the weather and you know, watch your weather app and forecast and things like that, or maybe you, you can look at a stock market forecast or a political forecast. There's basically forecasts for just about everything, you know, like any days. You can ask somebody's opinion and their predictions about pretty much every area of life. Uh, but no matter how good of a prediction, there's no, it's not a guarantee, right? It's not a guarantee. As much as we wish we could, you know, we cannot know the future. And maybe that's not such a bad thing. You know, he's using the example here really of a, of a business venture, of a financial venture. You know, in those days, you couldn't ship things overnight via FedEx, right? Or get things two days, Amazon Prime. It would be nice, but you know, that just didn't exist back then. Uh, and you didn't have insurance to cover you if your grain was lost or you know, whatever, didn't make it to its destination. Uh, and what's interesting is we've talked throughout this series, I think we've speculated that the teacher of Ecclesiastes may have been King Solomon in the Old Testament. Uh, and in 1 Kings 10, 22, it says this, that King Solomon sent out fleets of ships. And look how, long, look how long it took for them to return. The king had a fleet of trading ships at sea along with the ships of Hiram. And once every three years, it returned, carrying gold, silver, ivory, apes, and baboons. That's weird. That's a weird shipment. But, um, but three years, he would send out ships and for three years would not know. Are they coming back? Am I, am I going to get any, anything back for my investment? Didn't know. Three years, that's a long time. Storms would come up, right, frequently, destroying cargo, uh, taking down ships. You know, the risk of things being stolen or pirated was high. But he says, ship your grain uh, even if you don't know if you're going to get anything back. But, but so what should we do when we don't know the future? Even if we don't know, he tells us in verse two, he says this, he says, invest in seven things, seven ventures, even better, make it eight, right? Send out seven ships in seven different directions with seven different types of goods, better yet, make it eight and then see what happens, right? In the Bible, the number seven is the number of completion. It's the number of, of totality, Eight would be even beyond that. So basically saying, give everything and then some. But he's saying, do it in a way that's diversified, right? Like diversify that portfolio because you don't know what disaster might come upon the land. You don't know the future. What if, what if two years ago, imagine this, if two years ago, someone came to you and said, hey, you should sell everything you own, 
everything you own. Take every dollar you have, every penny you have, and you should put it all in Clorox wipes, right? And this thing called Zoom, right? Like if, you, if somebody said that to you two years ago, you'd be like, that's crazy. I'm never doing that, right? But you'd be pretty rich, right? You'd be pretty rich, but we don't do that. We don't just throw it all in one thing because we never know. We didn't know COVID was gonna happen, right? We didn't know those things were gonna be so needed, uh, but we, we don't know the future. So every, every wise financial planner or investor, you know, gives some of the best advice is just found in portfolio diversification, right? You know, like you should have a balance of stocks and bonds, high risk, low risk, you know, large, mid, small cap things, growth funds, value funds, I don't even know what I all just said. I just looked it up on the internet. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I do. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? All these kinds of different things. Uh, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay too. Um, but he's, he's talking about spreading it out because you don't know. You don't know what's gonna take and what's not, not gonna take. It's interesting that you know, modern portfolio theory, economic modern portfolio has really only been around for like 70 years. And yet the teacher of Ecclesiastes was talking about it thousands of years ago. I think that's pretty cool. You know, invest in seven, no better yet, eight different ways. Just like the old, the age old axiom, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? But since I don't know the future, since I don't know it, the danger is then to do nothing at all, is to, is to just don't send out any ships. Right? Because who knows what could happen? Don't invest at all. It's interesting. Jesus told a story in the New Testament, a parable that has a similar warning. Some of you might be familiar with it. You remember the parable of the talents, right? Like, do you remember that parable? He's a rich, rich man, and he goes away on a trip. And he says, hey, before I leave, I'm going to give some of my workers some money to, to do some of my work to invest in, right? He gives one guy like five bags of gold, one guy had two bags of gold and one guy, a third guy, one bag of gold. And he says, you guys, you guys do work, you know, invest, in, invest it. When I get back, we'll see how you do. And the guy with five, by the time he gets back, he's got 10. The guy with twos doubled it to four. But what happened with the guy with one? He buries it, right? He's too afraid to do anything with it. And if you know the rest of the story, it doesn't really end well for that guy. Uh, the teacher of Ecclesiastes is saying about the same thing here in verses three and four. He says, if the clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. He's, he's using this analogy of a farmer, right? A farmer wondering whether, should I plant now or should I wait? Should I, I'm looking at the clouds. It looks like they're full of water. It looks like in my range. Should I plant now? Maybe it'd be a good time. They'll germinate then. But what if, what if it's too heavy a rain and like the, it washes it all away and it floods and washes all my seed away? Maybe I should wait, Right? Or, oh, that, those, those clouds look like there might be a little bit of wind. What if that tree falls down on my property, right? Then I'll have to deal with that, right? It, it, the temptation is what if, what if, what if? If you wait around trying to predict the future and wait for that absolute perfect certain moment, you won't plant anything ever and you'll have no crops to sell. But the teacher isn't just talking about money anymore and neither was Jesus. He's talking about how we live our lives. 
how we live our lives, like how, talking about in, how we invest our lives in and take risks in the kingdom of God. That you don't know the future, but you also can't do nothing. So use what God has given you. Use what God has given you to the best of your ability in the moments that you can and trust him with the rest. Trust him with the rest. Maybe it's time to actually take that step towards pursuing that dream. Maybe it's time to actually get involved in that ministry or invite that person over for dinner, that neighbor over for dinner. If you wait for the absolute perfect guaranteed time, it might never come. And then in the end, what we have to show for it, right? There might never be a without a doubt moment. That's where faith comes in. That's where taking a, a, a leap of faith comes in, right? And, and why is that? Well, one, we don't know the future. And two, we don't know what only God can know. And that's the second point. You don't know what only God can know. Verse five says this, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. There's something I think really freeing about accepting this reality, about accepting this truth that there are just some things that our finite brains living in a certain time, certain space, certain location will never fully know or understand that our infinite, all-knowing creator God, who's not limited by time, space, location, does know. You know, we can study the wind. We can get better at forecasting the weather. We got radar maps and all these predictions down to like the minute, right? But we're never gonna know for certain exactly how much it's gonna rain or exactly which way the wind could turn, right? There's no way of knowing that for certain, right? We can study babies growing in mother's wombs, right? We got these like cool, like not just 2D images now, right? We can take like 3D, 4D images, right? That's always, they always, those 3D, 4D ones always look like a little bit like aliens to me. I don't know, it always looked a little creepy. But we can take these ultrasound pictures of babies, right? But there's always gonna be a part of us that there's gonna be something we don't totally understand. We'll never fully understand. It will never stop being a miracle, Yes, is what I'm trying to say. It'll never stop seeming like, God, wow, that's amazing. Right? We can learn a lot with science, technology, but there's just things we're, we're never gonna totally get or understand because we're human, not God. Right? We're never gonna know the whole picture, the whole plan. We do the best with what we do know. We learn what we can know, but ultimately we, we, we trust him. We stay dependent on him. And that's not a cop-out or an excuse, but rather I think it's freeing to acknowledge our limitations, that we're limited as human beings. Do you, you remember the story in like Greek mythology of Icarus? You just remember that story of Icarus? Like he had, uh, his dad made him wings with uh, feathers and wax, right? Well, he, Icarus said that all limits are self-imposed. All limits are self-imposed, that our limits are just in our head. Like we're just putting our own limits on our, ourselves. If we just, we should challenge ourselves. We should push ourselves to grow. But the last time I checked, that didn't work out so great for Icarus. Right? I think if you know the story, right, his whole idea of I don't have any limits, the whole wax sun thing didn't work out for him, melted and fell. 
But I, I like this quote and it's debated if Albert Einstein actually said it or not, but it's this, the difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. That genius knows that there are things it can't know, that it has limitations, right? I think the teacher of Ecclesiastes is getting at this and accepted that as human beings were limited, we can't just fly as close to the sun without our wax melting as we want to, right? God is God and I'm just not. God, the creator of everything from the atom to the atmosphere, who knows the past, present, future you, loves you, right? Knows that you are limited and, and that it's actually probably not good for you to know everything. Have you ever thought about that? Like, what if, what if God right now told you every hard thing, every difficult challenge, every sad moment right now that you are ever gonna have to face in your life right now? How do you think that would go? I think I'd crawl on a ball on the floor right here and just cry. Like, that would be so much. I just, right? I think... I think I would be so consumed by the pain of the future that I'd be unable to live and experience the good of the present. Just like there might be some things that you don't tell your kids when they're little, right? Because, because you know that it'll be too hard for them to understand or handle, right? You wanna protect them. You know, your father in heaven does the same for you and me. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It keeps us humble. It keeps us dependent on him. It, it, it keeps us, it requires faith. It calls us to faith in him, you know? When we don't know what God is doing, can we still trust that he does? That he does know what he's doing. That he is in charge, that he is above it all and knows it all. Might we find more contentment and peace in here, in our lives? You know, we don't, we don't, you don't know the future and you don't know what only God can know. And finally, third, you don't know what will succeed and what will fail. We don't know. It's verse six, sow your seed in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle for you do not know what will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. See, the danger is to assume that the first seed I throw out will automatically grow right? Sow your seed in the morning, but don't stop there. In the evening, sow some more, do some more. And this isn't like unhealthy or foolish, like workaholism. That's not what he's talking about like here, but it's wisdom. It's wisdom for us to know that the first thing we try might not grow or succeed like we think it might, right? But don't stop. Don't stop. You don't know what will grow and produce and what won't. And really, this connects to what we were talking about earlier with the inability to know the future, right? So diversify, invest in lots of different things and trust that God knows what he's doing, right? Don't be that third worker who just buries his, his bag of gold in the dirt, right? Instead, embrace that to live is to risk. That's part of life, right? All life is risk, that we cannot control and predict everything and plan everything. So... Sow seeds in the morning and in the evening, sow some more and see what God grows. Don't be idle. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
You know, if you, maybe you've, you've lost a job recently or in the past, like that can be so tough, right? And if that is you, that, I'm so sorry, genuinely, really tough. But don't quit. Like, sow some more seeds. Apply for some more jobs. Maybe the next thing that God brings your way is gonna turn out to be even better, maybe, right? Right, if you've just maybe had a really bad relationship and or that relationship ended badly or ended in a way that you didn't want it to or was really hurtful, like that, that, that can be so tough. But don't like withdraw from everybody that you know. Stay vulnerable, like get to know more people, get involved in a small group, seek out help, get a counselor, right? Find, get, get involved in more things, sow more seeds. Get, you know, get still, see what God might grow, right? Maybe this week, maybe this week you're gonna get a chance to share your faith with somebody or invite them to church or, um, or ladies, maybe you'll get a chance to share, share and invite somebody to the women's Christmas event, right? And, and, and what if they give you a funny look, right? What if they look at you like, or they, you can tell they're being polite, but they're not coming, right? Like, do, do, you, do you just be like, well, I'm never doing that again, right? No, no, what if, you know, don't quit. Maybe the next person that God puts on your heart to invite will be open and ready to listen. Like, you never know. You never know what seeds might grow. Right? And you never know how long it might take for those morning seeds to grow. Right? The teacher of Ecclesiastes says the morning seed and the evening seed might succeed or fail, but in the end, they might both do equally well. Maybe one just might take more time. You know, I'll end with this story here. Years ago, my wife, uh, before I knew my wife, Sarah, she, was, uh, she took a teaching job First grade, a little country school just north of here uh, in Marengo. Uh, I don't think this, the school isn't even open anymore. Highland West, they've like consolidated and stuff like that. But um, she became friends with a teacher, Liz, across the hallway. And they found out they both lived at the time by themselves uh, in apartments pretty close to each other off of Polaris. And, uh, and Liz, uh, they kind of became friends and they would ride to work together because they lived so close. And... Liz was kind of going through a hard season of life uh, and Sarah encouraged her. She just sowed seeds. She encouraged her. Liz was kind of struggling with feeling a little bit alone and so they spent time together. Sarah just sowed some seeds. Uh, Liz opened up that she felt a little bit lost in life. And so when, when the chance happened, Sarah just talked about Jesus. She just talked about her, her relationship with him and and, uh, and how he had met her in a season of being lost herself. And um, eventually they both got different jobs. Uh, Sarah worked at a different school district. Uh, Liz moved back home to where she was from. But this week, 15 years later, it was 15, over 15 years ago this week, she gets a text from Liz out of the blue. This long, like really sweet, emotion-filled text. Basically, saying thank you for planting seeds in my life. That she has a, a great relationship with God now. That she's doing really well. And she's actually on staff at their local church now. Sometimes the seeds that we plant take a while to grow, but we're not responsible for that. 
That's up to God. We just trust him. We sow seeds in the morning and we sow them in the evening and we see what grows. Why don't the worship team, if you want to start to come on up, I'll end, I'll kind of end with this. There are, there are things we don't know, right? You live long enough, you figure out that that's true. Dad, mom didn't know everything, right? <laughs> right? There, we don't know the future. We don't know what only God knows. We don't know what will succeed or what might fail. But when you don't know what to do, and if this is the only thing you hear me say all, all, the whole time, or remember, hear this. When you don't know what to do, just do the things that you know God has called you to do. When you don't know what to do, take the seeds that God has put in your hand and plant them right in the ground in front of you. Just do that. Just do that. Plant them right in the field that you find yourself in. Just do the little things that you know for certain God has for you to do. Love your family, right? Be good to your spouse, be good to your kids, your parents in the morning and in the evening, right? Care for your neighbors, look out for them. You know, love the people in your small group. Find ways to bless people. Sow seeds, sow the seeds that God has put in your hands right now in whatever field you find yourself in right now. And don't worry about the end result. Let that, let that trust, entrust that to God. Entrust that to him. Jesus said that some of the seeds are gonna fall on the road. Some of the seeds are gonna fall in the rocky soil. Some of the seeds are gonna fall among the weeds, but some of the seeds are gonna fall in good soil, good rich soil, and they're gonna grow. And when they do, just water those seeds. Nurture those seeds, fertilize those seeds and trust him with the rest. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand up? Why don't we stand up? We're gonna, we're gonna worship God. We're gonna thank him that even though there are so many things we don't know, that thankfully he does. And that deserves our, our worship. You know, it deserves our praise. You know, if, if during this time you get a, a picture, a word you feel like is for the group and come over, Bill and I will be over here. We'll help you kind of process that together because after we worship, we're gonna pray, uh, pray for some people, make some space for that. But I'd also encourage you to, there's communion elements on these side tables up here or in the back, take communion uh, by yourself with family or friends during this time. But let's worship God who does know everything, does know our futures. Amen? All right. Well, Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.